Down a little bit, then bring me in. Let's go. Juno. Uh. Alright, alright. Uh. You can turn me up a little bit more in the headphones. MTA. Yeah. I got him like, he ain't leave college for this. One, two. Impact the scholars with this. A scholarship can never exist. Ain't no money for the rest. Hey guys, what's going on? This is Arden here on behalf of AST and the Foresight Podcast. I have a very special guest with us today. A very great interview that I've been working on getting it together <laughs> um coming to you from sny studios is december 7th um man's is literally by the side uh, you know world trade center overlooking it and it's a beautiful <laughs> view we talk about inspiration right here this is this is definitely inspiring and this guest that i have today you know uh she's someone that if you're familiar with on their personalities and reporters in the sports journalism world she's definitely climbing the ranks um, she did a lot of great stuff with her work in college basketball, still doing so, but she's been able to take on more of a workload in terms of creating content with professional athletes. Uh, she's with SNY Network, and I have Taylor Rooks with me. How's everything? Everything's great. The intro's Everything's good? Great. Very nice intro. Held it down. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah, no problem, no problem. And, you know, Taylor, Taylor's somebody that, again, like I just said, you know, it, being a sports fan or just involved in sports, we, we come to know you guys in the media. You know, you guys stand out. So, of course, growing up watching sports, you think of people like Stuart Scott mm -hmm. and others that you just become very familiar with, with a certain sport or with just a certain network. And you're somebody that's truly been climbing those ranks and making a lot of progress. And when you look at your career thus far mm -hmm. with how you've been able to build and, and achieve success... What has it been like for you? Is it something where, you know, you're just like, wow, I can't believe everything's happening this fast or mm -hmm. you just been able to, like, talk it into existence? Because I believe that, too. I truly believe in being able to talk into existence and, you know, when things happen, it's not by surprise. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I do believe in speaking things into existence. I also think that I've never believed that I couldn't do something. Um, I think that, like, we as humans, everybody, I don't think anybody has any limits. And I think sometimes it scares people as feeling like there's something that they can't do or something that they can't reach. Um, but I've just truly never felt that way. I've always felt if you worked hard, you know, you, you put the work in, you really worked on your passion, that things would come. Mm -hmm. And I think I've been very lucky and very blessed and I'm very thankful that these things have come into fruition through that hard work. You know, and being that you know you having a career that you're having this far what were some of your earliest sports memories did you happen to play sports or did you just watch a ton of sports and soak up you know yeah, the inspiration and everything about it no i mean like when i was in high school i ran track okay um, but no i was never like serena williams or anything <laughs> like that um but i just grew up in a sports family like my dad played football um at university of illinois my uncle played for the cardinals so okay. just like I grew up around that. It's in my household. My mom is like the best fantasy football player you'll ever meet. Same. Um, so yeah, it's just it just kind of was ingrained in me. That is incredible. And speaking, salute to your mom and still being able to play fantasy football because I <laughs> I had my success. I won some championships over the last four years and I retired. Oh, you retired? I hung up my jersey. I'm playing. I'm in the playoffs right now. Okay. So cross your fingers. Okay, I got you right there because <laughs> this season has been stressful. It has. It's been stressful. It I has. mean. 
you look at all the players that's been hurt, and then you look at the production across the league can be down in certain yeah. areas. And I just look at my time, I'm like, mm, thank God I'm not playing. No, no for sure. Thank God, I see but so many But a lot of the people that have been like surprises around my fantasy fantasy team, like I have Mark Ingram. Okay. He has been like extremely. Do you possibly have Thielen uh, from Minnesota? No, I don't. Uh, I wish. Yeah, no, I, I don't. Um, I have Robert Woods. Obviously, okay. he's been injured recently, but yep. he was putting up really big numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but like my quarterback is Kirk Cousins, which doesn't always out for me mm-hmm, yeah um and then obviously like, i have mike evans and it's like he is not getting the production he should yeah be man mike is is, is in an f- unfortunate situation when it comes to certain receivers like yeah. you know certain receivers are good mm-hmm. but their success is truly dependent on the quarterback exactly exactly yeah. so he hasn't been uh fantastic then i like jay ajayi he just went to the Eagles, so he's still trying to get into the groove like but it's I, it's been good enough for me to get into the playoffs so that's good absolutely <laughs> and you know let's stick with the nfl you know, since since you're just talking about it a bit, and you've been able to really see up close through whether it's covering games and talking to these players, and as somebody who is as close as that, because even though yes, I'm a writer and I and I'm covering games and stuff, but I'm still on the outside looking in and really trying to take in what's happening. What is your take on just how? much this Colin Kaepernick situation has evolved mm-hmm. from freaking a year ago. Yeah. We're going over a year and it's just gone on so much to where it's truly been a divisive issue to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Folks feel as if that this issue even though I, I personally stand with Cap mm-hmm. and, and I've you know showed up to like some of the rallies and stuff and definitely supported through charities and, and whatnot, but to think how diverse this has been, some feel that it's effective ratings. You have the president spending so much time talking about this. Mm-hmm. And it's become such an issue that it just is not going away. Mm-hmm. What were some of the things you surprised to see or discovered along the way, being that you have been able to be up close and see it? I think I'm surprised to see how many people don't want to just say like hey maybe i disagree with what cap is doing but there is a clear issue mm-hmm. like and there are there's clearly things that are wrong in this country when it comes to race relations like yeah. i guess everyone is entitled to their opinion of thinking like what he did was wrong and i with you i also stand with cap um but i just don't understand why people can't feel that way but then also understand that what he's saying has some merit i yeah. think it's really hard for people to see both and I, that surprises me um it surprises me just how much people want to ignore the problem. Yeah. I think it's probably what's the most disturbing part about it. Um, That's a fact. It surprises me the way that everybody wants to kind of call it other things. Like, yeah. I think it's fairly clear that the reason he's not in the NFL is because of the protest. But people are like, well, he's oh, bad yeah. at football. And I just like, it's like everybody wants to have any other excuse as to why he's not in the league besides the fact that he pro- was protesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's disturbing to me. Yeah. Um, but I also think it's amazing that he is starting to get a lot of recognition. He's becoming a lot more of the conversation because people don't understand, like, he has accomplished what he was setting out to do, which yeah. was start a conversation start about a conversation. race issues. And, I mean, you can't get away from it. We're talking from it. We're talking about it every day. Yeah, literally. Um, and that's literally all because of Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that in the years to come, he will be looked at as, like, an activist figure who was able to bring some change you know, to the landscape of the NFL to change the way people think about race, to change the way people think about politics and sports. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, I I think that what Kaepernick did is amazing, and I hope that people kind of decide they want to be on the right side of history with the way that they view what he's done. Why do you think, when it comes to whether it's a Colin Kaepernick, or really just conversations these days across all topics, that people feel the need because of their own comfort to ignore the narrative, to ignore context, because people, for example, but they're all when it comes to Kyle Kaepernick. Well, Kyle Kaepernick plays on his team, played on that team that won one or two games and mm-hmm. and maybe throw out like a random bad passion statistic. And it's like, you're not understanding the concept. Like yeah. that team was extremely bad. Mm-hmm. And he still put up numbers that if you put him in another situation, if it was somebody else, that person would be deemed worthy yeah. of any position in the, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So why do you think, again, when it comes to these situations, folks don't want to understand the narrative or just want to provide a context. Because both things can be right depending on what we're talking mm-hmm. about. It doesn't have to be one or the other, you know? Yeah, well, I think sometimes it's it means, like, facing your privilege. Or it means facing that things are sometimes hard for other people simply mm-hmm. because of what they look like. And people don't like having conversations that make them uncomfortable. That That's something fact. that I've really, really realized. Um, you'd rather just brush it under the rug and make it about everything else because then you kind of have to face something that doesn't affect you and hasn't affected you, but then you realize you have to be empathetic to it. Maybe you aren't empathetic because it's a system that already works for you. That is true. Um, so I think that it's more just having to come to terms with things that are in front of you, and I don't think everybody necessarily wants to do that. They want to blame it on everything else that doesn't directly bring an emotion out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what we see with Kaepernick. Do you believe that... And in 2017, going on 2018, you know, whether it was with Cap or LeBron James mm-hmm. or really somebody like yourself. Because, again, because you are a public figure, people do value your opinion. People do look to you. Do you feel that there is this added pressure when you speak out? Because um, it's crazy how people can flip. Yeah. It happens a lot. And... I've seen people, you know, I can't help it. Again, I'm really into Twitter like that. I'll be, I'll check right away for as much as I like pay attention to the tweet. I can't help it go, oh man, I can't wait to see what people are saying under here. Mm -hmm. And people, for the most part, enjoy your work. They love what you do. They look at you. We already know whether it's Instagram or something else. Taylor Rooks, my WCW, you know, and all (laughs) that. Let's just keep it real. And yet you say something. That is just your honest opinion and it's not coming from any malice with any malice intent and yet they come at you crazy. Mm-hmm. Like how like how people I really mean, do this? I can genuinely say that. God bless you for keeping you cool. No, no, situation. it's fine. I can genuinely say that it, that stuff like doesn't bother me. I think I feel like I have a responsibility. Um, and I think that I would feel bad about myself if I didn't speak out. I didn't get my opinion okay. on certain things, especially because I think that, like, the black voice, the female voice, are voices that are in, incredibly needed right now. And so if I was silent just because I didn't want somebody to comment a bad thing about me, then, like, that's just, that defeats the purpose of, of me using my voice and me having a voice. Yeah. Um, but I also think that... I've done a good job of giving my opinion and speaking out, and I think that if you follow me, you know where I stand, and I don't really think there'd be a point in following me if you're not trying to get that those opinions. Yeah. Um, just because it's it's so out there. I don't think that I've made anything that I feel a secret. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that it's it feels good also for people watching me 
to see me talk about those things. And that also makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. um, To feel like you're represented and to feel like there's somebody who looks like you talking about the issues that matter to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just feel like I have responsibility in that aspect. And I'm speaking more so for the people that need to hear it more so Mm -hmm. than the people that don't. Yeah. Um, And I think that that's where some people get kind of caught up in social media is you forget that there's so many more people that are for you than against you. Mm. And you just kind of have to let the... That's a gem right there. You got to just let like the the people that are on your side mean more than the ones that aren't. Um, and I think that's what kind of gets you through that. that that's a gem. I like that one. Oh. I understand that. <laughs> for real, that's a, that's a gem. I, I'm going to keep that note to self. <laughs> note to self. I'm either write that out in my notes after this interview. <laughs> um, but even you know, with that said, being... African American mm-hmm. and, and and being a female, we understand that was well, looking at one and the other, and especially both. Being in 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 this world of sports and entertainment, there there has been such a hard travel road. Yeah. For for those of of those origins, and you know when you when you think about. And this was, this was obviously such a huge deal. You know about it, and I, and I know about it. My audience knows about it. The whole Jamel Hill situation with ESPN. Mm-hmm. You know, from which perspective, how did that affect you seeing that? Because, again, all she was doing is expressing her opinion. Mm-hmm. And she's always been known as someone that expresses her opinion mm-hmm. in that type of way. And she gets suspended. Right. She gets ridiculed. The president comes at her, you know, mm-hmm. his people comes at her. Mm-hmm. It's like, again, like, how how did you see that and take that in? Is it getting well, to a point where there's truly a price to pay just to express your opinion and, and why folks would rather just stay quiet? I mean, I think that there's always been a price to pay to express your opinion. But I do think now Jamel, like, very similarly, is going to end up being seen as somebody who didn't let that price affect her her voice yeah um but i think what was amazing about jamel was seeing how many people backed her yeah that was and if anything that that should have made everybody feel really good about i mean themselves about the state that we're in right now it's really easy to see all the negative and i totally understand that but i mean everyone changed their profile picture to jamel athletes were coming out saying like i stand with jamel like there was a collective kind of viewpoint that what she did wasn't wrong to us Mm -hmm. um and I think that empowered everybody to feel like, you know what, I can say what I want and I can deal with this little blowback, mm-hmm. but it it is nothing compared to how good it's going to make me feel. And like I said, that's really more so why I speak out is because I would feel worse about myself if I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I'm not concerned about what someone is going to say about it. I'm concerned about, am I going to be able to sleep at night? Mm-hmm. Am I going to feel like I compromised myself? Mm-hmm. Um, I never want to feel like I compromised myself in any capacity. Mm-hmm. And if I held back because I was nervous about what somebody would say, I would feel like I like a little piece of you would kind of go away every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't ever want to be in that position. You gotta keep it real with yourself. Yeah, I tell people sure. all the time, and I and I remind myself of this. Mm-hmm. You have to keep it real with yourself before you adjust anybody else. One hundred percent. Yeah, you do. You absolutely have to do that. But just to just to switch the topics up a bit, you're. You know, sorry from wrong way. You're you're from Georgia, right? I am. Mm-hmm. And I believe your birthday is in the greatest month of the year, May. It is. May. Shall we love? <laughs> When's your birthday? May twenty first. Same birthday oh, as your birthday. I made twenty second. Uh huh. We are in here. My my dad's birthday mm-hmm. is two days before mine. 
And wow. my late grandmother from my dad's side, I believe it's the 18th. Oh, wow. Yeah. I like you already. So, so we in there. <laughs> so we in there. Describe some of your upbringing and, you know, coming up down south in Georgia. Because yeah. I've been able to make some church down south. Mm-hmm. I have some extended family in, in Texas and mm-hmm. Houston. And I love Houston. <laughs> I love the south, man. My, my, yeah. my girlfriend, she gets mad at me because I, like, I love their accent and really? I love their energy. Yeah, I sadly I, I do not it. have an accent. Um, but I grew up in the suburbs of Atlanta. Okay. Um, love it. I'm from Zone 7, like where the Zone Migos say they're from. So how, like, where's the proximity to, uh, like, obviously rap music, Zone 6. Zone so, 6, like Bankhead, yeah, um, you know. So we're a little further from that. Okay. I'm probably from a kind of bougie area. Okay. Um, ATL, but, you know, like movie ATL. Yeah, <laughs> I'm new, new. Yeah. Um, but no, so yeah, I'm from Zone 7. It's a place called Gwinnett County. Like yeah. when the Migos say, like, I'm from the north. That's yeah. where it's the north side of Georgia. Ooh, that way. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I love it. I mean, like, there is nowhere else I would have wanted to grow up. Just, like, people down south are so nice like you feel at home all the time you've got good food it's just it's a slower life than yeah, I'm oh here. tell me about um, it tell me which about I it. love um so yeah I mean I, I love Georgia yeah I grew up fried chicken and cornbread mm-hmm. I always say <laughs> you know what I had some I had some cornbread recently at this restaurant I opened up where I live in White Plains mm-hmm. and it was the first time I had cornbread in such a long time since like when I was a child and my parents were together, because my mom comes from Mississippi. Okay, nice. My mom's side of family comes from Mississippi. She's from Indianola, Mississippi. Okay. So they're from there, and of course Memphis is nearby, and and, and Alabama, and it brought me back memories oh, of good. when I visited. So that cornbread was, oh, yeah, was. Delicious. I mean, like my favorite meal of the day is brunch, just because you can get like catfish, waffles, yeah, like, cornbread, cheese grits. Like I love like fried okra. I love all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll love take that. a trip uh, sometimes up to Harlem just to go to this restaurant called Melba's, which yeah. is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anything, I miss like always having a place to get soul food. And yeah, we have Chick Fil A's in every corner. Yeah. Um, which I miss because mm-hmm. um, here it's like y'all don't only have like one Chick-fil-A it's in Midtown yeah don't go there because it got shut down yeah I know it got shut down violations mm-hmm. but they are building like the world's biggest Chick-fil-A in downtown Manhattan like okay. right up the street so okay. I'll be happy when that oh yeah <laughs> like where's Taylor oh she went to Chick-fil-A exactly I'll be, sure I will live there although I'm one of the few people that thinks like Zaxby's chicken is better than Chick-fil-A have okay. you ever had Zaxby's no Oh, if you go down south, get Zaxby's. That's why I'm like, I'm really for real. Like, because after I made those two trips, mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I, I just love it. I really love it. Because, yeah. you know what it is? I need to be basically like in a city environment. Yeah. Because even in a city environment, I, not only do I feel close to home, because I've been living in New York my whole life, but I still get that, that spacious feel. Because last time I was in Houston, it was in October, and I stayed in downtown. I was at the Hotel Derrick, so the Galleria mm-hmm. was, like, right nearby. Oh, and, nice. and And I'm a huge Drake fan. I was going to say, he raps about yeah, that. Yeah, blowing yeah. money at the Galleria. Yeah. So I was like, I got to go. <laughs> you know, OVO thing. You're oh, bang, 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 boogie. All that. This guy letting know all the time. And I just love just the balance. I love the balance of the city feel, but also getting slows down. Mm-hmm. The hour back is clutch, depending on where you are in the south. I mm-hmm. got used to that pretty quick. That's only in Texas, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How you been able to adjust to New York though? Because now you're talking about a whole different ball game. Yeah, I mean, everything's it was, fast up here. Yeah, it was good. And it's cold. It is. I moved here from Chicago though. 
Oh, you so said. it wasn't yeah. too big oh, of yeah, an adjustment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, although I, Chicago is like probably my favorite city I've lived in. Mm-hmm. I love Chicago more than New York. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you have that city feel, but it's also very homey. I mean, like you've got yeah. like a river going through it. There's not a crazy yeah. amount of people. Everything isn't spread out like it is here. Uh, Chicago is like the place to be. I love it. Um, so, but it wasn't that big of an adjustment going from Chicago to I, New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You was in Chicago. And since I was in the Midwest, I went to University of Illinois. So I was there mm-hmm. for four years. Then moved to Chicago. I was in Chicago for two years and came okay. to New York. So I was used to being in like a faster. Oh yeah, team. you. Oh yeah, you was um, good. Yeah, but it's been good. I like love New water. York. I enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a fun, fun ride. Mm-hmm. Music. You know, a lot of music has come out because mm-hmm. outside of doing sports, I have a music podcast that I do called Foresight. It's a nickname I give in, you know, my hometown and my home county. And What's your home county? Westchester. Westchester okay. County. White Plains is like one of the biggest cities within the county and within the state of New York. It's like within the top 10. Okay. And like we're accessible out of Metro North. So it's very easy to get in between. Okay. And with the music there's just been a lot of good music coming out mm-hmm. especially you know as a, as a big rap fan even like again guys we're recording this December 7th Wednesday so by the time you guys hear this the, the new Big Sean Metro Boomin project is out mm-hmm. the Migos having a new project that's coming out mm-hmm. who are some of your favorite artists to listen to um I mean I like Drake um I'm a big SZA fan oh. um but I actually really like I love older music, and my favorite artist is Lauryn Hill. Okay. Um, so I'm more so like that kind of... I mean, I like Kendrick a lot, mm-hmm. uh, a big fan of Kendrick, but I'm also one of those people, like, I like listening to music that I know, so I listen to the songs I love, like, okay. over and over and over. Okay. Um, but yeah, I love Lauryn Hill, I love Erica Badu, I love, like, DeBarge, mm-hmm. I love Switch, I love Whitney, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I like that type of, that type of music. Love Genuine. Um, that's, that's more so my, my vibe. Oh, yeah, I, I had some, I had, like, a good stretch where I was very nostalgic, mm-hmm. and I, like, played some good Mary J. Blige. I played yeah. my life. <laughs> Play some Keith Sweat. Yeah, but yeah, see, I'm was, also I'm also Southern, so I mean, we got like Boosie and a little Webby, mm-hmm. yep. like White Migo, We were on Migos, like obviously way before. Yeah, Migos. you guys were on there. Uh, so Migos, of course. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm into that. So it's either like Southern, like trap music. Cause, mm-hmm. You know, we invented trap. Of course. Um, or it's like that old stuff, and that's also probably why I really like Scissors because like she has like that percussion, she has that mm-hmm. really old school type of vibe. She's very um, descriptive of her writing. She is. She is. Her she like is. like the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. And she writes everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's all her. That record is crazy. It like is. when you really listening, mm-hmm. it's like you you really singing this. Yeah. Like, and you, you feel it. You're yeah, like, you feel okay, it. I, I love love galore. <laughs> yeah. Love, I like twenty something. Gogina. Yeah, Gogina. Um, yeah, Go Go I love that song. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a great album. It really, really is. So. I really, I really enjoyed that album. I really enjoyed that album. But yeah, my favorite, my favorite artist is Drake. That's my guy, man. Yeah. I, you know, what was it? A couple weeks ago, you know, me and my fellow Drake fans, we celebrated his six year anniversary of Take Care. <laughs> that that album. How did you celebrate that? By listening to Take Care. What you mean? <laughs> Posting. I wrote an article about it too. That did good. That hit over two K. And that album for me, and I, this is the next question for me. That album. It was truly the album that like captured my life perfectly. Because when Take Your came out, I was 18 years old, mm-hmm. fresh out of high school, and I didn't start college yet. 
and I was truly trying to start my way and I didn't really even start my career with, with sports journalism. So if you had to pick a project that you feel as if like, man, or even a song, depending whatever you feel like is more mm -hmm. easier to decide, which has like truly captured, you feel like just your essence, what makes you you? Mm. I mean, Miseducation is my favorite album, but I wouldn't say that it is its favorite because it captures me. Um, I'm actually a person, it's more so like lines of songs that I feel okay. like. Like, I identify with a lot of lines that Drake puts out. Okay. You know? So, do you be doing like the Odell on Instagram that have no, like captions? I, I am I'm not. That I is am so not fresh. an Instagram lyric person. Listen, Adele, you're the best. Love you. But uh, <laughs> that is not me. I don't have like notes in my phone with lyrics that I'm going to put out. I get, I get, I get um, jealous of Odell because I'm like, damn, how you always beat me to the punch with these lines? Yeah, he, um, he is definitely the king of that. Um, but no, I just mean more so like I'll be like when I even when I listen to Drake the Ride, like yeah. I just like identify oh, a lot yeah. with some of the things that he's mm -hmm. saying in that song. Um, but I don't really know if I have a song that necessarily like defines me or that I feel like is exactly like where I'm at. Mm -hmm. um, but but yeah. lines are definitely close too. Yeah, because lines will get you going. Mm -hmm. You gotta sure. hear a good line. Like, for me, Free Smoke, I, I love listening to Free really? Smoke for anything. Yeah, no, like, I'll just hear, I, I, with Drake, I'll hear some of the things he says, and I'm like, he said perfectly, like, how, what I feel about this. Mm -hmm. Or how I feel like, you know, the space that I'm at in my life, and how mm -hmm. people, like, around me are acting with the space that I am in my life. Mm -hmm. um, he does a really good job of describing that. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, I love music, but I'm probably more of, like, a books person. I love reading. I've been reading um, too. But... Yeah, I like more so like if when people are like have their downtime listening to music, I probably read a book or watch TV. I love TV shows. Which books do you recommend? Because I've been since the summer, I've been picking up on my read. I've been on my mm -hmm. reading status. I was able to read five books in the summer. I'm currently going through the Forty Eight Laws of Power, mm -hmm. and I'm about to buy Carl Lentz. Hopefully, I got his name right. Past the Carl Lentz book, mm -hmm. and um, so like, what type of books do you like to read? I mean, I tell everybody that Forty Million Dollar Slave should be like required reading. Oh yeah, um, about by William Bill Roden. Bill, yeah, Bill Roden. Yeah. Yeah, salute to him. Um, that's an amazing book. Um, I recommend David and Goliath. Yeah. Um, that is a very very good book. Um, what else do what I say that you should read? Uh, I love Michael Vick. I just finished his autobiography. That was really, really good. I forgot that came out. I it's kid really, you not. Really I gotta get that. Um, I like Eleven Rings. Okay. Um, That's Phil Jackson, right? Not necessarily a Phil Jackson fan, but I do like the book. Okay. Oh, I read that book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It also depends what you like. Like, I also have read, like, every single Jodi Picoult book, but I don't know if that's, like, your vibe. Hey, I'm um, not about learning. <laughs> it's real. more like, um, it's fiction. Okay. But it's, like... Every every book kind of has a strong female lead, and there's this different stories. They all have a, a mm -hmm. trial. Like it's just it's a different thing. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I love books and TV shows. Like so, yeah, that's kind of my thing. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and before I let you go, you know, being at a point where once again you're elevating in this business, mm -hmm. how do you, in terms of your circle, friendships, family, anything else? How do you manage those type of relationships and connections with people? Mm -hmm. Because you know your intentions, you know what you're aiming for. So do you go about it in terms of anybody that's associated with me in any way possible? Mm -hmm. Do you like look for them to be as productive or just real with you as well and, and not try um, to leech off? 
I mean, I think I just look for people that are authentic. I mean, that doesn't mean you don't have to be, like, in this business. You don't have to be working towards some huge thing. Like, I've had the same best friend, like, since I was in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the people that the people that are, like, my best friends aren't in this business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I enjoy that because it's just, like, one thing I always say is I want to always be like the exact same person. I mm. want to be able to look back in years and feel like I didn't change at all. Yeah. Um, and those, and I love surrounding myself with like just those people that gives me that feeling and that reminder of like, this is the stuff that matters. Like this mm. is the stuff that is actually like relevant and important to life. Um, but then I have also been able to become like such good friends and so close to people that are in this business, like Carrie, Maria, Roz. Like those mm. are people that we understand each other on a level that only we can understand each other on, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, Absolutely. No one else is going to understand like what it's like to be in this business and be black and be a female. And, mm-hmm. and so it really is like a sisterhood. And I'm so appreciative of having those people. Like, I know I can always text Carrie and say, like, mm-hmm. I need to call you. Like, I need advice on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it's good to have kind of like that safety net mm-hmm. and that, that just like that feeling of love and understanding and empowerment and just... They really are like my sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that you, it's easy to know, like, if somebody just, like, wants to hang out with you because they think, like, you're going to introduce them to Odell, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that yeah. that's, that's very apparent. And I remember I read something that was, like, you have to be able to tell the difference between the people that, like, like you and the people that are fascinated by you because most of the time they can't even tell the difference. Yeah. Um, and so you just kind of have to think that I think that about you know dating or like mm-hmm. you know just having friendships so but I don't know I think that I'm one of see what I do really believe in the good of people and I think people have good intentions and mm-hmm. I just enjoy being around mm-hmm. like good genuine authentic people so mm-hmm. I let relationships come as they do and mm-hmm. relationships and friendships so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> just like that folks this is Arden wrapping it up Taylor Rooks thank you so yeah, much no and problem. before I cap this off once again, folks, man is on 50th floor in the World Trade Center. Like, I can't, yo, this is really a nice view. It's a really nice view. Bro, but in all seriousness, though, Taylor, you know, I, I really do appreciate Of course. I'm you know, happy what we you've got it doing. scheduled. Yeah, I'm really happy you was able to do this. And, like, I really do appreciate what you've been doing because, again, just like you mentioned, because besides just as a, you know, as somebody in, in the sports world, but, again, you, you know, as, as a black person mm-hmm. you have been truly in my, in my honest opinion being for real for real an example of what it means to like be black excellence to be building oh, to do what you do and i truly hope that you know we can continue building hopefully you enjoyed this interview i did it was very See nice you very around. easy <laughs> yep and we packed a lot within a half an hour Good. i kept that in mind you got things to do you got things to do but Your yeah girl is sick mm-hmm. but yeah this is arden from ast and of course one half of the four side podcast i'll talk to you guys next time I, I, I.